0: It's been hard, but definitely a, a journey worth embracing. When I first started Femme B&B, the idea was birthed in 2017, but we just actually launched the first product in 2021. So it's been a very long time coming.
1: Hello, hello, stranger. Welcome back to Her Defined. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am back after, what was it, a month, month and a half, and I am ready to give you some amazing episodes featuring some kick-ass guests. I guess I should address the elephant in the room, like, where have I been? What have I been up to? No, I have not given up on this podcast. I am still here. I've actually been working really, really hard this past month to produce some really great episodes for you all. But I've also, you know, been taking some time to rest, which is so weird for me to say. Like, rest and Juliana, like, they don't go together. <laughs> so I'm really, really trying to honor this time for myself to, you know, kick, it, kick back, relax. It's like that Nicki Minaj TikTok where she's like,
0: I took a couple, you know, I took some time off to rest and now it's game time, bitches.
1: You know, I feel more rejuvenated, more focused. Um, I have some exciting news, things that have been happening in my life that are really, I'm really grateful for. So, during this downtime, I have obviously been working on the podcast, but I've been also been working on my professional goals, which of course ties just so well into this podcast. I now have a new job. I am working at a digital marketing agency, and I am so excited. Of course, I'm so grateful for the past job that I've had, but you know, it's time to move on. New chapter in my life. So during my downtime this past month, I've been listening to a lot of other people's podcasts and one in particular that has been really standing out for me is The Love Drive by Sean Galanos and he actually posted an episode I think about two weeks ago from today's date, or two or three weeks ago from today's date. And it was about, are you doing your best? And I just resonated so much with that episode. If you're feeling, you know, oh my gosh, I feel burnt out. I'm tired. I'm not giving. I can't give everything 100% right now. Go listen to that episode. It'll be linked in today's show notes. He talks a lot about, you know, there's gonna be times in your life where you're not doing your best or you can't do your best. And that's totally fine. But it's how are you going to, one, give yourself compassion or honor this feeling of not doing your best so that you're not so hard on yourself? Because I mean, when we're hard on ourselves, it's just, it's I don't think it's really conducive to the whole process of us taking rest. <laughs> and it also ties in so well to I was really struggling I think you could hear it in the past 2 weeks of those last episodes where I was like trying to fluctuate with the schedule of the podcast you know I wasn't posting as much on Instagram to promote it I was I was struggling I was struggling with consistency and dealing with a lot of burnout and I think we live in a society where being busy is required And where our value is determined by our productivity. And I've definitely fallen victim to this like my entire life, like any other woman I'm pretty sure has too. And I realized that I just needed to take a break and stop and rest. And I've never really allowed myself to do that. So, you know, there's a time to push myself and then there is a time to rest. And that time, the whole month of August, Was my time to rest. And I'm still continuing that on. It's not like now in September and for the rest of the year I'm gonna like go, go, go. I'm definitely going to be more cognizant of making more time to rest. In the past, you know, 16 months, a lot has happened in my life. I want you to take a second right now. Like close your eyes or you know, zone out if you're outside in nature, focus on the nature and just think about the beginning of 2020 and everything that has happened up until now. I'm going to guess a lot of shit has happened to you. Some of it may be great. I'm also thinking a lot of it has been terrible, difficult, tough, painful, emotional. Any other words? pop into your mind? (laughs) What has happened? How have you dealt with everything that's happened? Have you taken care of yourself? I'm just here to remind you. And I want to remind you right now that rest is needed in order for you to do your best and to show up fully. You know, we're coming out of this COVID era, I hope. And so maybe right now, the best that you can do is take a little bit more rest so that once we're finally out of this gray area, you can really give it your all. And also if you're like, oh, I don't really believe in, you know, like taking rest, there's actually a lot of studies that prove, you know, balancing work and rest is crucial. So go look those up before you say, Juliana, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So we also elaborate more on this in today's episode, discussing the reason none of us allow ourselves time to rest. And I think it's because we think if we give ourselves time to rest, you know, to slow down, to take a break, stop That we think we're stopping and quitting altogether. And that's just really not the case. Today's guest talks about how she built her business of five years and how she had to stop it, rework it, rejig it, reconceptualize the entire idea of her business, and start all over again. And I imagine there were a lot of times in between all of that where she had to, you know, take breaks and actually stop, you know, step away from the business for maybe a week, maybe an hour. Just to rest and rejuvenate, so that she could come back and build her brand to what it is today. So today's guest is Ya Barago. Ya is a mentor, IT professional, workshop facilitator, philanthropist, and the founder of Fem B Doesn't that have like a nice ring to it? Think of Airbnb, but strictly for women. Essentially, a vacation rentals by women for women. Yah holds a BA degree in Criminology and Sociology from the University of Windsor, but her passion for technology, women, and children advancement has led her into the information technology and non for profit se- sector for the past 10 years. At FemB&B, and her team aim to reshape women's travel experiences by providing safe spaces and a community to support women travel endeavors, and at the same time, they provide sustainable travel and tourism for women. In this episode, we are talking all things travel, so when is it the right time to travel while balancing your nine to five, and why Airbnb is actually extremely unsafe for women traveling alone. Yeah it talks about growing a company in such a dominated industry, her cost-effective ways of generating brand awareness and exposure, and she gives her tips on how we can continue to promote the advancement of women in all aspects of our lives. What is your defining moment of this week? So this could be something good, could have shaped your week. It could be something bad where you've learned something. What has shaped your week? The
0: defining moment for me this week, I will say actually this past week, was really taking my health really seriously. And I've been doing that for the past, I would say, two months really taking off the weekends and also exercising more as a self-care practice for me and I'm seeing a lot of improvement. So in the past 4 weeks I've been able to lose 7 pounds and congrats. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yes and I've been doing a lot of also reflection and and just even spending time by myself or just taking the weekends off and not doing no work has been awesome. So this week has been all about that. Losing seven pounds and, you know, this whole self-care this whole weekend, I didn't work at all. So it felt really great. And yeah, I started my week off
1: at a really good start. That's amazing. Congrats. Hats off to you. I feel like that is so satisfying when you've been putting in the work to live a better, healthier lifestyle, but then you actually see the results coming in. That's so satisfying congrats
0: it is and I think that women entrepreneurs essentially I mean we take so much on our plate and we really don't take time to take care of ourselves or like to really take time off on the weekends so I'm really trying to make that as a practice and I'm definitely seeing an improvement in terms of mental
1: health or mental health as well so for the weekends do you shut off your phone or how do you ensure that you're not working because I feel like With entrepreneurs, it's like ingrained in their lives to always be working. Actually,
0: I don't shut off my phone, but I don't reply to emails. And when I receive emails, I'm like, no, you got to wait till Monday to reply. So I don't shut off my phone, but I just don't reply to any emails, any meetings, any impromptu meetings that comes up. I don't take them. I wait till Monday to really reschedule. So yeah, just really above discipline, and I'm trying my best to really do that and find what is truly essential for me, and that is really that time off for myself.
1: Can you introduce yourself, give us a little bit of rundown of your background and your career this far? My name is Yabirago.
0: Birago. I'm originally from Ghana. I grew up in Canada. I started off as a woman um, in tech. I've been in tech for the past 11 years, doing anything from software development, helping developers develop softwares, from IT um, consultant to project manager to business analyst. I've done all that. And um, I love to travel. I've been traveling for quite some time. Even back in high school to university, I was always traveling. And I just found my passion, you know, in travel, in terms of really providing something really valuable to women in terms of safety. And that is through personal experience. So bridging my career, my lifetime career, 11 years in tech, and also my travel and passion together, and basically creative Femme B&B. Aside from that, prior to that, I was also running a non-profit organization in Canada and also in Ghana. So I've been in the philanthropy sector for some time um, nonprofit, really catering to youth and the girl child and really um, ensuring the advancement of the girl child of course women as well so i'm still in my realm i'm still doing my passion it's just that's in a different industry but i'm always trying to find a way to bridge those passions together
1: to really make it make, make an impact in the lives of women and of course girls around the world if you said you've been in the tech industry for about 11 years i would say like 10 years ago at least there weren't a lot of women in that industry. So what was like your experience getting started in there and, and sort of forging your own path?
0: Well, I think that for me a lot had to do with more of mentorship, really finding the right people to connect with and really providing the resources that I need to move forward. And also really fighting off the impulsive syndromes that kicks in from time to time of course, there's still a gap in tech for women. And but of course, when I see that there's a lot of women that are coming in that industry, it is very, very, I would say, what word should I use? I'm very proud, I would say, to see so many women coming in and making a difference in the tech in the tech industry. And we definitely have a long way to go in terms of really closing the gap. But I think we also have come a very long way in providing opportunities for women like myself to really, you know, have a seat at the table. So, yeah, mentorship definitely helped a lot and really taking a lot of courses, really equipping myself, learning from others. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be direct mentorship, indirect mentorship. I learned a lot from people on LinkedIn people that I follow, that I see that they're doing really great things that I can learn from. So that
1: definitely helped me on this journey. And it's still helping me right now. You touched a little bit on how much you love to travel, but elaborate on the story of creating Femme B&B and how that came to be.
0: In 2017, I turned 30, you know, and I wanted to take a trip to Europe with my girlfriends. Unfortunately, while I was planning the trip, they decided to pull out. And I'm like, you know what? I am going on this trip by myself. I don't care if you're coming. I'm not waiting for anyone to give me the go ahead. I'm just gonna, you know, take the bull by the horn and just, you know, go on this adventure by myself. So I decided to travel by myself to three different countries, France, Italy, and Spain. And the first incident actually happened in Paris. Um, when I was there, I had a friend of mine that I had not, come, I had not seen for many years. And he was supposed to pick me up from the from the airport, and he left me stranded for five hours. Fortunately, I actually connected with someone on Facebook prior to me going, so I, I basically reached out to the lady. She came to pick me up, and she basically made my trip really pleasant at the time. The time that I was in Paris. So that was a, an okay incident I was able to deal with. But the second incident when I got to Rome and I, of course, told my host that I'm coming by myself. He was aware I'm a female traveler. He told me that he's going to meet me at the metro station. When I got there, he wasn't there. He told me that he's with another client. so I should, I should walk to the apartment but I was eventually sexually harassed in front of the apartment walking back to the metro station for like a hundred years and I remember having a conversation with him after the incident and he felt he's like you know if you don't feel safe enough I can find you a new place so he did actually find me a new place but I did of course voice my concerns to him and the first thing he said was this happens all the time nothing will happen to you and you know he's like yeah some of these guys are just telling this stuff I'm like what, I'm like, you mean this happens all the time? He's like, yeah, you know, but he can't really do anything about it because he does not own the actual building. He just owns units in the building. So that was a aha moment for me. So when I came back and I started talking to several women, of course, during some market, market validation, that's when I found out that this is an actual... Issue that actually does exist, but it's not really being addressed. And so, basically, that is how I formed Fembnb through my own personal experience and really creating a solution that would alleviate safety issues associated with women travel, and not only for travelers alone, but also for hosts as well. Because when I was doing my research and doing my market validation, we also talked to hosts from Airbnb and other places, and they also, of course, voice their concern as well in terms of issues that they've had as a female host so i felt like i needed to create something that would really help and that is how fembnb was created
1: also when you were talking about when you were meeting with your host and even you voicing your concerns i feel like that's something to really look up to and aspire to because it's hard for women especially when you're in a completely different country to say i feel uncomfortable what are your tips for listeners that would be traveling alone when they feel like this is not a great situation and they can voice their concerns? How can they speak up? Speaking up,
0: one, of course, letting the host know what happened. And if you have, even you have to go far as, of course, reporting that incident to, um, I guess, the platform that you essentially booked through, um, for example, Airbnb. And also, you know, having an emergency number or an emergency person that you can contact in case you Feel uncomfortable, or you feel like you're not in a in a safe place. But it is one of those things where sometimes you can't really help it, right? You can't really change that situation. You just have to kind of be brave to kind of go through it. And for me, that incident, I not looking at it as a. Of course, it was a horrible incident, but I I'm looking at it as also as a as a positive light to it. There was a positive outcome with that incident. But, you know, women should voice out their concerns, should, of course, let that, you know, anybody that they need to voice out to let them know what's happening, because when we don't voice out, people don't know what's happening. And I'm sure you heard about Airbnb recently. A lot of women don't do that because they feel like nothing is going to be done when they report incidences. And I think that there needs to be more work in that area to make sure that people are held um, accountable and responsible for those
1: actions. An article by Bloomberg Airbnb spends millions of dollars to make nightmares go away. So, when things go horribly wrong during a stay at a company's safety team jumps in to soothe guests and hosts, help families, and essentially prevent PR disasters. So, what is FemBnb's verification process to ensure trust and credibility between the host and guest?
0: With FemBnb, we actually verify everyone that comes or joins our. Community, so we are actually just about to introduce a new onboarding process that will be released this week. And basically, when you do go through the process, it's very simple. We need your legal name that's on your documents, you know, your passport or your driving license. And then once you verify that portion, you verify your email, your phone number, and then we also do the government ID. With the new verification that we have, we actually do a live facial recognition with your ID, so we do match that to make sure that you are who you say you are. We hope that would we'll definitely mitigate any risk or um, make sure that our community safe, is community safe enough. So that apart, aside from that, with host, you do need to provide your property documentation after you finish your onboarding with all those processes that you've gone through you do need to provide property documentation to verify your property to ensure that the property actually belongs to you or you're meant actually you you, you live in that property and if we don't feel like okay this identity is not really up to par or is not does not meet our criteria, we will go as far as actually doing an actual live video verification. So these are some of the ways that we are looking to, not looking, we are verifying users on our platform. And also, you know, we are very strong on community because when you join our platform, we are currently in development where you're able to connect with other women no matter where you go. So that is also a form of verification for us as well because you are connecting with people before you meet them or before you travel or when you're there, you can connect with them to really support your travel endeavors to make sure that travel is safer for you. So we're trying our best to really um, ensure all that. And um, we're also looking into implementing some other, the safety, I would say features on our platform as well. And that would definitely come in in the near future to ensure that verification is really up to par and people are safe enough
1: on our platform. And I also like I saw on your website that you're starting out smaller to really ensure that you're creating this good community and ensuring that each person who becomes a host is vetted and approved so that no one's like, Slipping through the cracks, right? Everyone is 100% good. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly, certainly. Because I think
0: with some of the our competitors, like there's no verifications when you sign up at all. I think the only thing that's verified is your phone number and maybe your email, but they don't do any verification. It's very frightening, and to think like, wow, I'm I'm actually inviting a stranger in my house, and I actually don't know anything about them. There's no t- sort of verification. It's kind of scary. So um, we're really, with every person, we want to verify them. And, and for us, we're starting from scratch, right? We're not just getting thousands of users and then start verifying them. We are starting from the beginning. So we have really ensured that verification process is
1: ingrained in our platform from the beginning to end. So you mentioned you did a wonderful European getaway. What uh, other places are on your travel bucket list? Oh my God. I have so many other places.
0: Zanzibar. Zanzibar is one of the top. Also Japan. I definitely would love to go to Japan. And Bali, actually never been to Bali before. I was planning to go to Bali last year and unfortunately the pandemic hit. So that's definitely on my bucket list. And yeah, that's, I would say the top, top three right now for me.
1: When we graduate high school or finish going to high school, we're sort of expected to go to university or college. And I feel like that's gradually shifting now. And most people will go out and travel in order to like find themselves rather than jumping into university. What are your thoughts on this? And what's your advice to listeners who might want to travel before they go to university or college, or they just want to travel in general, but don't know if it's essentially the right time? I think it's all based on your preference.
0: For me, I'm a very spontaneous person. When I used to travel, I hardly did any planning. Um, I did maybe a few days planning and I just jump on a flight because for me, things that I do randomly excite me a lot. If I had my way, I think I would definitely finish university first and then travel. But for me, when I was in university, I was traveling while I was in university, but on a really like on a low budget. So me and my girlfriends, we're always looking for flights that are maybe we can depart during the week because it's cheaper. And then we just flew to different places in the U.S., some places in the Caribbean. And some of these flights were like $80. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, um, yes, we found a flight to Miami for $80. Wow! And, um, it was it was one of those trips that was also very spontaneous, but really, really fun. So I did a lot of traveling when I was at university. I did a lot during the weekends. If you know, if there's a long weekend, I kind of use that as a as a four day vacation, and I'll just go away. So I did a lot of that. But if I had my way, I would say that you know, after university, I would t- definitely take some time off to travel and really discover myself and really, you know, find my strength and what I'm good at. What my what I'm capable of and that didn't really happen but the funny thing is I still did travel even after university but I just did not take the time to do it right I was traveling in between work and all that but yeah, if I had my way, I would do it by at the end of the day. It's based on everybody's preference and what you can afford, right? Because travel is a lot. It's luxury to travel. It's a privilege to travel. Not everybody has that privilege to travel. So, so to say that, okay, maybe someone needs to finish university before they do that. It's really based on what they can afford and what they can actually do at that time.
1: In the past five years, what's been the process of growing Fem b and So from starting at the very beginning until now.
0: Wow. Oh my God. It's been hard, but definitely a, a journey worth embracing. When I first started Femme b the idea was birthed in 2017, but we just actually launched the first product in 2021. So it's been a very long time coming. The mistake that I think I did was really not starting out small because coming in into an industry where there's bigger players already... You feel like, oh my God, I need to have everything in order to meet the demand and meet the supply in order to make people happy or women happy. And you don't want to fall short of what other people are offering. So I had come in with this huge idea. This is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. and really left the MVP idea behind. So I went in, spent a lot of money to build a product that basically ended up going nowhere after two years. There was loads of bugs. There's so many things in there that I really did not need. I did not need. And I had to learn the long, I had to learn, of course, in that two years, that I only needed the most important features. So I had to scratch everything, scratch everything and start from bottom up all over again in 2019, September. So I remember... I was very scared to even start over again. I remember having a conversation with my co-founder, and like, you know what? I'm done. I just can't afford to put in so much money into this, and I'm not really seeing anything. However, I remember talking to you, like, honestly, we already started it. We need to continue, even if it means that we have to start all over again. And at that moment, I have literally spent all my savings on this business, and I didn't see anything. So I remember just. You know, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start. Even if there's no resources, I am going to start. So I started again. And when you put your mind to something, even when there's no resources, you find a way to make things happen. And yeah, things just happened that way. We were actually supposed to launch last year, March, and then the pandemic hit. So I was in New York. I had gone to a travel um, conference and then that was when it was announced that COVID-19 was a pandemic and my great, what am I going to do? I came back, like literally our whole team was confused as to what we should do. But, you know, we looked at it as a blessing in disguise because we took our time to really iterate our platform, really took our time to build our community on, on social media took our time to really ensure to listen to the users as to exactly what they really wanted in the platform. And um, it definitely helped us a lot to prepare to launch. And even looking back, I'm like, well, if I had launched three years ago, would I even be able to survive this pandemic? I don't think so. So looking back in hindsight, everything happened for a reason. It's all a lesson, a lesson for me. And it's definitely been a blessing in disguise and I'm definitely grateful for the journey and I'm embracing every bit of it, be it bad or good. It definitely has shaped me into the woman I am today. And of course, I shaped the company into what it is right now. so.
1: So when you were starting out really small and then building it up, especially going up against like Airbnb and all of these big companies, how did you generate awareness and excitement for the brand? You talked a little bit about your social media strategy, but was there anything else that you did as well?
0: So we basically resorted to social media um, most of the time. Everything was on social media. We also generated a wait list for people that were interested, interested in the products. So we generated the wait list all through social media. We didn't have any marketing dollars whatsoever to market. So everything has been social media word of mouth and has been great so far. Even like a few months ago, we also got a lot of PR buzz. That was actually part of our our go-to market strategy, but we didn't spend any dollars there. It was just word of mouth that, you know, some of the news outlet picked up and essentially took took off. So mainly I think social media has definitely been a big, big Influence in our marketing strategy and how we go about to really do things.
1: Did you focus primarily on Instagram or did you do like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn? So we actually, our focus was on Instagram.
0: However, we still have the other social media um, platforms like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, So, but our main focus is on Instagram. But of course, we're not leaving all those other platforms just like that. We still do a lot of work on there. But most of the people that do register for my platform comes from, from Instagram.
1: How do you define yourself in relation to your career?
0: I think for me, my personal brand and my career, there's an intersection. Because everything that I do is because I have passion in it. And so, for me, my passion has always has always been travel. My passion has always been tech, and my career is in tech. Now, my career is in travel. So, I think there is a like combination of that. Finding yourself is great, but also finding yourself. Within that and finding your career is amazing. And I, for me, it's a, it's a combination of everything. I find myself, but I find myself that I love travel. But of course, I want to start a career that's within travel and that's within tech. So everything is a combination. Yeah.
1: What does a typical work day look like for you?
0: I'm a morning person, but I also sleep very late, which is really, really bad. My routine now is trying to go to bed before midnight, so I'm able to wake up by 6, 7 a.m., really refresh, go for my jog for about an hour, come back home, make breakfast for my boys, make breakfast for the whole household. I also do my journaling, you know, write down what I need to get done for the rest of the day, and it definitely helps me really, really kind of set the day and the tone, I I would say. And, you know, I do a lot of meditation and gratitudes even throughout the day when I'm stressed, you know, I go out to my backyard and I kind of sit there for a bit and kind of meditate a lot. And in the evening, I do a lot of journaling as well, write down what I'm grateful for, what I worked on, what didn't work for me, what I think I can do better the next day or the following week. So... Typically, yeah, that's what I do. And of course, in between, I have my meetings. I have my meetings. (laughs) I have my meetings in between that, that sometimes drives me insane. But of course, most times, you know, they are productive sometimes. One thing I would say is that as someone like me that have a lot on my plate, I always try to prioritize. So Writing down my to-do list as to the things I need to do the week, it allows me to prioritize as to what I need to get done and what is mainly important and not feeling overwhelmed because I do get overwhelmed. Sometimes if I don't write it down, it just kind of is all over the place for me. So um, prioritizing and picking the top three items to do. And then, of course, after the moving down definitely helps a lot with my day.
1: So you're also the co-founder and president of Hands of a Hero Foundation. Can you tell us more about this charity and why it means so much to you?
0: Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Hands of a Hero has always been my baby. I started Hands of a Hero when I was 22 or 23 years old, right out of university. And this was actually because I didn't receive proper mentorship in high school. Growing up, chemistry was my favorite subject, chemistry and math. I got the highest mark in chemistry, got the awards and everything like that, but I didn't get the proper mentorship and guidance in high school to really take the courses that I need to get into my program because I wanted to, I wanted to be a scientist and I didn't take physics and I hated physics. So if I was actually guided properly, like, hey, you need physics to get into this program, I think I would have definitely being a scientist right now but I, I always say everything happens for a reason so after high school you know I applied to university chemistry I didn't get accepted so I ended up taking a different program called environmental science because I loved chemistry and the loved the lab work that was in the program was what enticed me to apply for it so I got accepted I did it for a year but I hated it so I dropped out And I ended up going to a university for criminology and sociology that had nothing to do with my passion. And in there is when I started to take some computer science courses. And that's how I found it. I I really love tech. So coming out of high school, I'm like, you know what? I need to, I mean, university, I need to do something that would definitely help youth, right? Especially even girls to navigate to really find out what they really want to do, um, to find themselves, right? To really speak into them, to pour into them for mentorship and all that. Because at that time, I didn't find any actual programs out there like that. So I, you know, started, I started non organization with my girlfriends. And basically we did work in Toronto and we also did work in Ghana. So in Ghana, it was also, um, it wasn't about more youth per se, but really giving the girl child advancement really making sure that they have the resources to, to go to school, resources to really excel. So that's what we did in Ghana. But here in Canada, we work with like Eva Phoenix, hosting programs for them. We got some grants to work with City of Toronto. We did a whole bunch of other things here to really help youth overall. And it's because I didn't receive that mentorship, the mentorship I did not receive in high school and really propelled me to start a nonprofit. But it has definitely been a game changer for me because even in my current career right now with Femb, aside from that, with every portion that transaction that have, that goes on our platform, a portion actually goes to fight menstrual equity for girls in Africa. And because I have passion and because I've, I've already been there, I already understand that this is something I love to do. So why not connect two of my passions together and really make a difference? Yes, I'm making a difference in the lives of women that are privileged to travel by the same thing, what about girls that are not privileged. How am I able to impact them? So that is how I basically kind of Use that. So, yeah, hands of a hero has been basically has basically paved the way for me to start a lot of things. Even with bnb a lot of experience that I have is because I was running a nonprofit, and I got that business experience from there. That was, of course, able to help me with BNB.
1: How can we continue to promote the advancement of women in all aspects of our lives?
0: In terms of women advancement, women advancement is very important in any area that you're in. Even in like even in Canada, women advancement is important. In Africa, women advancement is important. But however, however, we address from advance, advancement in in, in in Africa is different from the way we address women advancement in, in, in Canada. So address women advancement in Canada, we need to really have more conversations about how to really advance women, promote them, and really provide resources, right? Not just talking about them, but providing resources to help push them up. If someone wants to get promoted, why don't you speak good of them when they're not in the room? If someone wants to be promoted, why don't we have mentorship for them to really help them promote them? Why don't we have you know, sponsors in workplaces to sponsor some, some women to, to advance? So all these are ways that we can definitely improve or advance women. And I always say that for us to really advance, there has to be also, the, we need to close our equitable gap. We live in a world where we feel like, you know, everything is equal. No, nothing is equal. Women lack in so many ways. And I think that if we're able to really bridge the gap and create those resources and create opportunities for women to be able to sit at the table, be able to have a voice, to be able to move up, to be able to, you know, break the glass ceiling. I think we would definitely see a lot more things being done. And we always say women are always going after the social impact I guess, worlds, they're always going, anything that has to do with social impact, you find women doing that because women always wanna make a difference. Women always wanna see good in the world. So even when you're creating anything right now, there's always a purpose behind it. It's not only just money, it's not only just you know the funding, it's really creating that social impact in the lives of people. So if we're able to do that more in advance, women, we would definitely see more positive changes in the world.
1: What are you currently working on? What are you excited about? And what are you most looking forward to?
0: I am currently working on, of course, my FemBnB. And I'm also currently working on a book. So I'm working on a book. Hopefully next year it will come out. But I'm working on a book right now and I'm excited about. um, It's actually my community that definitely pushed me to to write the book. And I'm working on that. So I'm quite excited about that. and, And I'm excited to how the world will definitely receive it.
1: Oh my God, that is so exciting. So is this top secret or can you share about what your book is going to be about?
0: It is not top secret per se, but of course I can give every information, but it's really about where I came from, how I got to where I am and some of the struggles that I've been through and ways I overcame those challenges. And um, recently I shared some personal information about myself, paying off all my debt and you know, acquiring some few assets and how I got there and everything like that. So I really want to be able to share all that with people and, and for people to learn from my mistakes and, and, you know, and so they don't repeat that again. So essentially that's what the book is about.
1: (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to support is by liking, following, rating, and reviewing on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am entirely grateful to those that have already left a review or have reached out to me. And if you're wanting more tips and content from each episode, be sure to follow on Instagram at HerDefinedPodcast. New episodes are released Tuesdays, so turn on your notifications for the platform that you listen to so you don't miss an episode.